talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com This is California School News Radio with your host, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. The voice of education in California. Welcome to the program. Every week on WSRadio.com, we bring you newsmakers from the world of education to discuss what's going right in our schools from a perspective of administrators, teachers, students, parents, and community members. I am Kevin Osmus of VMA Communications, and with me, as always, is my partner, Drew Schlossberg. How are you doing today, Drew? Oh, uh, it's an amazing day today, and we have an amazing program. Let's get right no, to just it. just fine. How are you, today Kevin? Today we go to Fontana Unified School District, which was recently commended by the College Board for raising the participation level of females in advanced placement computer science classes. A.B. Miller High was one of just over 1,000 high schools in the nation uh, to receive the 2020 AP Computer Science Female Diversity Award. The commitment to women in STEM subjects goes beyond A.B. Miller, however, and reflects a district-wide commitment to provide equity in education for every student. And here with us today is A.B. Miller AP instructor Jay Windley. Welcome to California School News Radio to you, Jay. And Hello, so honored to have you. you on the program. And also with us is his colleague from Summit High School, uh, STEM coordinator Jaime Perez. Uh, welcome to the show, Jaime. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> well, uh, again, it's an honor to have uh, uh, such esteemed individuals on the program that are, uh, you know, just kind of uh, raising, uh, you know, uh, raising the bar and the expectations for everyone. Jay, uh, the College Board cited A.V. Miller for its female representation in the class known as AP Computer Science Principles. And as I understand it, you and Jaime were instrumental in bringing this class to your respective schools when it was first developed a few years ago. That's an interesting story. But first, tell us a little why computer science is such a vital subject for today's students and why it's important for especially for females and students of color to enroll in these classes and 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 that well that's a pretty <laughs> well, huge a um, question, question. So maybe just start why well, computer science is, a, yeah, is, yeah. is so important well computer science and and coding in general is just um, becoming a bigger and bigger part of our lives. I mean, it, it, just in my experience as a math teacher, besides the coding that I do actually in a computer science classroom, there's code that I can write on my calculator to get my calculator to do things. There's formulas that I can write on an Excel spreadsheet that involve the knowing the coding language of Excel and even communicating between different word programs. There's a whole language to that called Visual Basic for applications. And there's just in a lot of different fields, there's coding involved, whether it's a specific language like JavaScript or Java. Um, there's coding involved in a lot of different things. And I feel like coding is becoming the the new literacy, if you will. Um, and uh, traditionally, I, well, the reason why I feel like it's important for um, females and students of color is, is that historically, for whatever reason, I feel like those students have been left out of computer science. I think part of it in the past has been due to equity of access to equipment. A lot of times more um, 
impoverished, I guess, school districts would have less access to resources like a computer lab. And if you don't have a computer lab, then you can't teach computer science. Um, but also, just like um, in some of the other STEM fields like math, I feel like that females in the past have not been encouraged to, you know, pursue that avenue. And, um, you know, whether it be in a college computer science classroom or whether it be, you know, at a place like Google, you see way more like 80 to 90 percent males in in those environments. And males are not the only ones capable of, of coding. So we're just trying to, you know, get the language of computers out there to a more wide spectrum of people than just you know, white males and Asian and, well, males. Drew, you know, Jay, you raise a great point. Um, I think since the technological uh, boom started 20-something years ago, I've always found my – I mean, speaking of access, I've always found myself one step behind the times. Either I just don't have the right computer or I don't have the operating system or I have the the wrong photo-sharing program. I am just always seem to be a step behind. And, and so and, – and that's just me at home um, not worrying about learning code. Uh, so, uh, Drew, do you ever find yourself like that, you know, not being able to have that access to the technology you need? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I don't think it would help me anyway. I barely know how two tin cans and a string work. But, you know, I think what's so important about this uh, and what Jaime and, uh, and Jay are doing, um, opening up doors because um, whether you're learning coding for computer science or cybersecurity, I know we're going to talk about uh, the Cyber Patriot program in a, in a little bit here, or whatever the case may be, the skill sets um, that they are teaching their kids is just going to be such a wide swath on this. Let me ask you this, uh, you know, uh, Jaime, um, how much do you teach about so, cyber uh, hygiene to your students? We have uh, a whole ethical hacking pathway because in addition to our AP courses, we also have pathways at summit and uh we actually have three teachers i want to give a quick shout out to my my two right. colleagues bruce tuttle and marco torres because they're they're instrumental in the program as well that, that we have at summit so we each work in a pathway and one of the pathways that we do offer students is called ethical hacking and we we talk about you know cybersecurity and safety and uh you know things like uh you know turning on your firewall so we we make sure that all students go through, at the very least, the basics of of, of making sure that you behave in a in a in a way that's that's appropriate when when you're when you're using any of these tools. So um, and and it boils down to making sure that kids understand what what what's appropriate for use on the internet, what's appropriate for use, you know, while you're at school. And 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 we have a whole summer program where students attend as eighth graders coming into summit where. We kind of uh, ingratiate them into the, all these kind of programs that we have, and, and they start to learn about the culture at Summit. You know, I think what's so important about that, and again, I'm assuming that a lot of these students are now uh, teaching their parents and their siblings about, you know, good uh, cyber hygiene and ethical hacking and so forth. And, and what's so important, and you guys know this because it's in your DNA, um, and you teach this to the kids, is that, you know, one boo-boo uh, and not being careful with um, the stuff that's on your computer or that computer you carry around all the time, that cell phone, um, can be catastrophic. And, you know, and that's such an important 
aspect of it. How much of the kids, uh, uh, Jay, uh, talking to Jaime, he uh, certainly does that in his uh, you know pathways at uh, Summit. How much of the kids are picking well, it up at um, AB High School? That- kind of support at, at A.B. Miller, like the um, the feeder classes and the summer bridge program that they have at um, at Summit. But the um, data security is definitely a part of the um, curriculum of computer science principles and um, just learning about, well, I mean, there's a whole lesson about how if you just have a little bit of information about someone that you can hack their identity. And so the whole point of that, obviously, is to try to help um, students uh, and their families keep their information more secure um, while on the internet. There's a, in particular, there's one site we go to where you type in uh, someone's birthday and you type in a city and it'll tell you how many people in that city have that birthday. And it's kind of scary how much you can narrow narrow a person's identity down just by knowing their birthday and the city that they live in. So that that is a big part of our, um, that's a part of the computer science principles curriculum is um, not just keeping data secure on the internet from that standpoint, but also the mathematics behind key encryption and all that type of stuff that, that um, keeps uh, data private between different computers communicating. Well, Jay, uh, you, you talk about computer science principles. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, Kevin? Miller and Summit offer two different AP courses, uh, the AP CSA and AP CSP. Uh, the, the principles class, now I know the CSA is all programming. The CSP covers a lot of different aspects. So uh, I, we have a cup just about a minute and a half before we go to break. So, Jay, can you explain a little bit of uh, some of the curriculum of CSP? And then uh, we'll probably pick it up after we come back from break. Okay, um, so traditionally, um, computer science A has always just been programming in a single language. Like back when it first started, it was programming in Pascal, and then it later morphed into programming in um, in C plus plus, and now it's programming in Java, but the whole intent is 100% programming in Java. But as I described before, that kind of had um, limited appeal and we always tended to see primarily white and Asian males in that class. And so the computer science principles was developed as a class that would still have the rigor of an intro computer science class in college so that students could get credit for such a thing, but um, but be more attractive to a wider audience. So there is, you know, 40 or 50% of the class is devoted to learning how to code, but there's also a lot of other aspects that come up, like learning how to represent um colors as numbers and how to represent letters of the alphabet and text as numbers and how to digitize music and represent music, music as numbers. Wow, you should be a disc jockey. Uh, <laughs> we're <at> California <laughs> School News Radio. We're going to go to a quick break. We have our guests, uh, Jay Windley of A.B. Miller High School <laughs> Fontana Unified and Jaime Perez of Summit High School in Fontana Unified. We'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned.
Homeless veterans and their families are suffering and need our support, but many won't ask or don't know that help is within reach. Veterans Community Services is here to help. Amazingly, about 35% of the homeless in our neighborhoods are veterans with families. Low-income veterans or their friends are encouraged to contact Veterans Community Services and reach out for help with housing and other services. Call now, 800-974-9909. I'm Dr. Janet Woodcock, Director for the Center for Drugs at FDA. If you've recovered from COVID-19, confirmed by a positive test, you're in a special position to help us fight the virus. Your plasma has antibodies that can fight COVID. Please donate plasma now. You can help save lives. There are locations across the country that have safe ways for you to donate. Find a site to donate your plasma at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. This is Bill Gruber with BizVid Communications, a Southern California video production leader. We've been honored to sponsor, produce, write, and host many of the fine programs on WS Radio over the years. So we understand how important the internet and your website exposure are. As video producers, we know the tricks and secrets to incorporate video to increase your search engine optimization and business success. Visit bizvidcommunications.com to see what we can do for you. B-I-Z-V-I-D communications.com. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter. A world where children don't play or sing or dream or imagine. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we can't imagine a world without children. That's why we're working every day to find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And we won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because we can't imagine a world without children. Can you? Finding cures, saving children. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. To learn how you can help, log on to our website, stjude.org. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com This is California School News Radio Thank with you, your host, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. And our guest, A.B. Miller High School, AP Computer Science teacher Jay Windley and his colleague from Summit High School, Jaime Perez. Uh, just before the break, Jay, you were telling us about some of the aspects of the curriculum that attract the students to uh, the AP Computer Science Principals uh, class, which I should say, uh, A.B. Miller... I wanted to add that recognized by the College Board with the 2020 AP Computer Science Female Diversity Award, and for good reason, because now for the second consecutive year, you have a majority enrollment of females in this class. So congratulations for that, Uh, walking the walk here, so to speak. 
tell us a little bit about your okay. recruitment efforts at, at Miller and then uh, Jaime, uh, jump in as well and, and let us know, so how, how are you able to get the, uh, the, the representation that you want, that you feel that you need to have in these, in these classes at the school? Well, um, I would the first year that we did computer science principles, um, you know, we were still just learning. I mean, me and Jaime were still learning just about what the content of the test was going to be like and what exactly we had to cover to get kids ready for the test. But I would say the second year, um, I really tried to make a conscious effort to increase the number of females in that class. And I mean, the two, the two main things that that, the ways that I went about it was that, um, you know, I've got pretty good relationships with the other AP teachers and with our counselors. And so the, some of the other female AP teachers, I just asked them if they could recommend to me one strong female that they think might be a good candidate for AP computer science, because, you know, the the teachers that teach AP history or AP English, they might have different exposure to students than me teaching in the math department. So, and then I also asked our female counselors if they could each just recommend one strong female to be a student in AP computer science. And, and most years that has tipped the scales in favor of us having um, more females than males in the class. And the class we have this year, we have 25 students in the class and 14 are female. So trying to make that a push. What we, I, I would say what we have not done a good job at, that Jaime's done a better job at at Summit, is the whole integration of a feeder program to get the numbers, the n- overall number of students in the class higher. Because we only had, well, we only have 25 in computer science principles and 10 in computer science A this year, and uh, Summit has considerably higher numbers than that. So they're they're doing a better job than this. They're doing a better job than us with the overall recruitment uh, picture and getting a large number of students. But well, I think to that reflects. Uh, also a, a district-wide commitment uh, to that. Jaime, can you elaborate a little bit on your, your methods there? Why is the What is it at Summit that's bringing so many kids into AP classes? So like, like Jay mentioned, uh, I, I mean, to, to be perfectly frank, the first year we taught it, it was just dumb luck that we ended up having more girls than guys in the course, I think, and more girls just kind of signed up for the course, and we didn't really recruit at all. But as we went on, um, uh, we, we, what we found was that we were going to need to start looking for students. And, and we, we, we knew how big of an opportunity this was for kids uh, at school. This was before even the UCs were recognizing these courses as, as, as uh, sciences and math, which now they are, which is also you know, an even bigger opportunity for kids now because now they can get credit for their UC applications as well. Uh, but even before that, we recognized the importance of, of, and, and the opportunity here. So what we decided to do was kind of build in uh, each year. We decided to build in new, new things into our program, such as a feeder program from, from the middle school. Uh, we made uh, relationships with, with the middle school teachers at, at our, at our feeder schools. And we kind of talked to them and, and we found some like-minded teachers and 
you know, we, we built programs with them. We kind of gave them some of the requirements um, and they started teaching some of these requirements in their math classes. And, you know, they started building their programs as well. So we found that, that a good approach was to reach out and kind of expand our program. And we definitely had the help of our administrators. They're very helpful. Um, we, we, we've just kind of, as we were growing, we noticed that people kind of started saying yes to us more because they started seeing the benefits of the program and how kids were, were, were kind of gaining from it. So, um, you know, that's, that's what we found to, to be really helpful to just kind of expand and build relationships with other teachers that found this and, valuable. And so Drew, I know you're aching to jump in with a question. Yeah, well, well uh, listen, I think, uh, Jay, for bringing that up, I was going to ask about the feeder question, and you, uh, you asked it for me. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this, and I'll start with you on it, uh, you know, Jaime, and then you can jump in too, Jay. Um, we all know that uh, it's so cool when some students are excelling in a certain content area that it also translates to their success in others. So those people that are going through uh, these rigorous uh, computer science classes, are you seeing that there is also success in their other, whether AP, English, or social studies, if they are indeed are doing it, or just in the content areas? So, uh, I'll it's stop, funny that you uh, mentioned you that, that because... Jaime. We actually do see a, a big difference in our students. Um, we're, we're almost trying to build kind of like a pathway within a school where students uh, can, and what helps us is we have uh, so many teachers that are involved in our program and our, we, have, uh, we don't have a dedicated counselor, but that's one of the things that we're working on also. And we have so many people involved that, you know, we almost have right. like our groups of kids that we can kind of mentor and kind of watch more closely. And we watch their grades more closely individually. So it kind of allows us to, to have a more personal relationship in terms of the, the, the success of the students and, and what we can watch out for. You know, we, ha- we each have our group of kids that we're, we're actively looking, you know, at the grades, seeing how they're doing, talking to their teachers. So it allows us to have that kind of relationship with the students um, because there's so many of us involved in, in their education, in their educational pathway. So um, it's definitely a help to have to have that situation for sure. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it. I, I, mean, I, but the I, same I with can't you really too, speak to any like cross disciplinary effects, like how it might um, translate to English. But when I have computer science kids in one of the math right. classes I teach or the stats class I teach, um, you can definitely see some carryover just because of the the logic and the thought process that's involved in writing code and, and debugging and working through the problem to make the computer do what you want it to do. That carries over into problem solving and a whole bunch of other areas as well. Right, and I imagine it also does with analytical, uh, you know, reading and writing right, as well, right, you know, because right. they're problem solvers, obviously, in computer science and the math and all that, and they can uh, certainly delve into some of those uh, high analytic questions, whether right. it's ELA or it's in uh, humanities or social well. studies. As we've just started, I mean, that's data we just started analyzing, but we have seen slight bumps in their test scores as well that kind of shows us that it does make an impact. Well, uh, Jay, I was going to, you mentioned Google uh, in the right, exactly. segment, Kevin? and uh, I know that you're talking to me. You, you have 
prior to the pandemic, you had this really special and and, and cool uh, a day for uh, that where you would bring a a one of your alumni, uh, one of your Miller alumni, I believe, to the the school to talk to the kids who who works for Google now, um, and then kind of. Yeah, and kind of, yes. uh, we're going to go to break again, but uh, start the story and we'll pick it up when we come back. But uh, the, the, tell a little bit about this student and what makes him so special for your current students. Well, he was a student of mine. His name is Daniel Loza, and he was a student of mine back when I was teaching AP Calculus. And he went on to UC San Diego, got a degree in computer science. And while he was in college, he did internships with um, Yahoo and Amazon, but he ended up landing a job at Google after he graduated. And when I, so it just so happened that his first year working at Google was my first year teaching AP computer science principles. And I invited him down. He was valedictorian of our school, I think, in 2012. And I invited him to talk to our computer science class. And, you know, that was quite motivational for those kids to see another kid that came from Fontana just like them. And now he's working as a software engineer for Google. And then the following year, when I asked him if he had time to come visit us again, he said, why don't you guys come visit Google instead? So starting that year, we had a day in the fall where we would take a, a field trip down to the Google campus in Irvine. And uh, this former student of mine, Danny, would give us a tour of the Google facility. And the kids got to eat in the Google dining hall and all that other stuff. And just a you know great day, great experience um, for the kids. And we missed out on it this year, um, this fall because of the pandemic. But that's that's been a really nice um contact to have. And Google is kind of in the process of, of increasing um, their awareness of the exposure of computer science to females yeah, and, and Drew, minority uh, students. We've talked about this so much. I mean, it is, it is so great to see someone from your neighborhood come uh, speak to you uh, about these things, right? I mean, I don't think there's any better motivational tool than some, somebody from the neighborhood uh, bringing their success and saying, hey, you can do this too. No, the street cred, no matter where it is, is just so important on it, and it also is a motivator for everyone. Listen, uh, look at the success story of uh, this former uh, student, whether at A.B. Miller High School or at Summit, and I can certainly uh, do the same. You know, I want to just sort of tee up, uh, you know, Jaime, when we come back from a break, which will be coming in a few seconds here, to be ready to chat Absolutely. about uh, the uh, 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 Cyber Patriot program. So uh, we'll look Kevin forward to hearing uh, from Jay Jaime about that. From, okay, Kevin. Does your business do a lot of shipping and wish you could get more for less? Stamps.com is the solution. It's the ideal way to automate and simplify your e-commerce shipping needs. Easily import all your venues like eBay, Amazon, and others. Trips to the post office will soon become a memory. Stamps.com gives you postage on demand. Just click, print, and mail at discounted shipping rates. See why so many e-commerce businesses have switched. Visit Stamps.com. 
I raised $8,000 to build schools for South African children. After realizing how many people go hungry in San Diego, I now volunteer at a food pantry. I'm spending the next year doing volunteer projects across three countries and helping in ways they designate to be the most helpful. The WorldLink program at the Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice recognizes the potential of youth as agents of social change. Learn how you can help youth become a generation of leaders in action at peace.sandiego.edu. Love to read but just don't have the time? With Audible.com, you can catch up on reading simply by listening. Audible has the largest collection of digital audiobooks, over 85,000 titles in every genre. Listen to a bestseller on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Android smartphone, or one of 500 other compatible devices. Visit audible.com slash WSRadio today and get a free audiobook when you try Audible free for 14 days. That's audible.com slash WSRadio. I've heard this is like one of the best pizza spots in town. Yes, it is. I'll do a slice of pepperoni, slice of vegetarian. You got it. And I will pay for all of that in three days. In three days? <laughs> What's that mean? Well, wait, you accept credit cards. That money's not going to hit your account for three days anyway. I need my money quicker. At Chase, we hear you. With Express Funding, card payments are in your Chase account the next business day. Go to chase.com slash express funding. Chase for business, so you can. Compensated participation, all businesses are subject to credit approval. Not all clients are eligible for next business day funding and additional terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter. A world where children don't play or sing or dream or imagine. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we can't imagine a world without children. That's why we're working every day to find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And we won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because we can't imagine a world without children. Can you? Finding cures, saving children. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. To learn how you can help, log on to our website, stjude.org. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com This is California School News Radio with Thank your you. hosts, back on the Kevin Osmus and News Drew Schlossberg. Drew and our guest, Jay Windley of A.B. Miller High School and Jaime Perez of Summit High School, both in the Fontana Unified School District. We're talking about AP Computer Science, and I know, Drew, you had a question that you wanted to lead off the segment with, so take it away. Yes, I would love to have Jaime uh, chat about uh, Summit's Cyber okay. Patriot so, uh, Program and when what it's all about. When we first started, uh, you know, we talked about recruitment and all that. One of the ways that we found was a way to get kids excited about the program was to, you know, competitions. So we decided to look for competitions that were, you know, available to us uh, nearby that we could access without having to pay too much. Um, because some of these competitions, with, when it comes to robotics and STEM and things like that, can be very expensive. So... We actually did participate in one that was pretty expensive called First Robotics, and that one was a lot of fun, but it just ended up being way too expensive. So we decided to go with uh, Cyber Patriot because Cyber Patriot actually allows uh, kids that are in underprivileged communities to participate for free. And uh, it's a program put on uh, by the Air Force where they have uh, 
you know, they, they give you like a, a six hour window and then you have all the, you know, they, they have a, an operating system that has a lot of problems and issues. And what you do is, you know, your kids have to figure out all the problems involved and, and kind of work and fix the, the operating system. So it'll function properly, you know, and you get points for, for, for doing this. So the kids, as they're working, you know, they'll get points for, for fixing the operating system. So cyber Patriot is a really cool program and it teaches kids a lot about cybersecurity. Right now, do you get involved with the Southern uh, California did, or the SoCal Cyber Cup at all? Uh, two years ago, and then this year again, because of the pandemic, we didn't get a chance to do it. But we yeah. had done it for two years uh, before this year. Uh, last year, we did it, and, and uh, our kids did pretty well, and, and we were pretty psyched about it. It's a, it's, every year is a learning experience. Our kids grow from every competition we go to. So we found that competitions are a great way to get kids excited about it. Um, but Cyber Patriot is our go-to because every every year we we score at the platinum level, and we're really we're really proud of that. You know, we can get kids in the top ten percent of all uh, all teams in in actually the country. So uh, that was actually one of the programs that put our school on the map and was able to get us to kind of you know ask to be involved in more things where we can ask for you know when kids needed computers or things. We were like, yeah, but you want us to you know, participate in Cyber Patriot, right? You know, so that was our way of kind of uh, getting things that we needed and stuff like that, too. Right. No, I think that's terrific. Um, let me ask you this, uh, Jay, and you can certainly jump in as well, uh, Jaime. Um, so do the businesses in uh, your area, do they offer uh, internships, especially for some of those computer science uh, um, students at Excel? The one that, um, that I'm familiar with is with Amazon. Amazon has a pretty interesting um, student internship um, during the summers. That's the, the main one that we've gotten involved with. Um, there's more available for um, college students that are computer science majors, but Amazon, uh, they call it the Future Engineers Program. Right. They have a pretty good um, summer program for internships. Yeah, and and and, and I mean, I right, you know, right, exactly. We, we, we all know how yeah, critical those are. Uh, Kevin, had a short conversation. I knew it sounded familiar, and it turned out, yeah, a couple of years ago, I did uh, go to your colleague Bruce Tuttle's classroom and and talk to some of the kids and meet some of the STEM ETS. Is it still called the STEM ETS team? Yeah, so so we call them the STEM ETS. Uh, actually, it's funny because we started off with one one group of students. And then after that, we started growing the program so much where we had to we had to actually build a course because we didn't have enough. They don't they only allow you a certain amount of teams, and so we 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 had so many girls that wanted to create their own team. So we have actually a JV and varsity girls team. So varsity girls team, JV girls team, and we have a varsity boys team and a and a JV boys team as well. So I mean, that's uh, a whole yeah, league we, in I itself. mean Bruce yeah, Tuttle right was able to grow that that <laughs> right? program a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Well, both. Uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Code.org. They are uh, one of the organizations that com uh, partnered with the College Board to create these computer science classes uh, th that uh, you all are teaching at your schools. And uh, apparently uh, you both were at a, a professional uh, uh development seminar several years ago in Salt Lake City where they introduced this and and uh, and did you know your Jay did you know uh, Jaime prior to meeting him at that seminar 
No, that was the first time we met. Okay. Was in Salt well, Lake tell City. Tell us a little about the story because that the, the story sounds fascinating to me. Where you you just go and then suddenly it just seems to me that the the you know the aha moment comes right uh, during the middle of all this. Right. So um, we were approached by <clears throat> by one of the um, by Leonard Fisher from our district office about. Um, this program and the possibility of teaching computer science. And so I was interested in it. And one of the other computer teachers at my school um, wasn't that interested in teaching an AP class. So um, they, uh, they meaning code.org, they partnered with school districts and um, code.org provided the training for computer science principals for free. Um, They paid for airfare, and lodging expenses and all of that and but they their their partnership with the districts was such that they required the districts to pay the teachers that attended for their time there and then there was also four or five or six weekends throughout the school year that districts were required to pay for their instructors to go to you know follow-up training throughout the school year so um yeah, so they flew us to Salt Lake City, and it was uh, a week solid of learning about Code.org and their approach to teaching this class called Computer Science Principles. And it the, the class had been piloted for a couple of years before that, but, um, but that year, summer of 2016, I think it was, was the first year, or maybe 2015, was the first time that it was being opened up to all schools. So... Yeah, Jaime and I learned about computer science principles and code.org at that uh, week-long seminar in, in Salt and Lake City. Jaime, what do you remember of uh, of that seminar? So, uh, I, I re- so what I remember is, is at, you know, when I first decided, because I had talked to our administrator at the time, um, and I had spoken to him and said, hey, we need something like this. You know, this is an opportunity for students, you know, and but we didn't have a curriculum for it. And there wasn't really, uh, you know, a set course. I know they were just piloting the AP class and, and uh, for the first year at that year, I think when I was bringing it up to them. So uh, I said, you know, we need to get involved in this. We need to bring, bring a course here to summit. You know, I've gotten uh, students are talking to me about it. They, they're, they're interested, you know, and we, at the time I was just doing little activities in my math class, you know, with led lights and things like that, robotics, like simple things just to get kids excited about it. And I noticed that there was uh, a following students wanted to learn more. They wanted to spend more time on it. So when this opportunity came up, um, you know, I jumped on it just like Jay did. And, and I decided, you know, this is great. We have a curriculum that we can look at and, you know, possibly use for a course here. And so, you know, when we attended that training, I, th- I thought it was super helpful because uh, it was the first time that there was a set, you know, uh, a bunch of standards in an order that, could be a way for students to kind of follow and uh, that wouldn't be too complicated, you know, because uh, computer science can be, I mean, it, it could just be difficult, plain and simple. So I think this was a great way to kind of organize all the ideas so that kids could, they could be understandable for middle school and high school kids. Yeah. Drew, you know? uh, Drew Schlossberg, our, our wonderful co-host, he's going to be uh, unfortunately departing after this segment. We'll be here for the final segment. So Drew, hop in here. I know you have some uh, final questions you'd like to ask our guests.
I, I do. One of the things, that, uh, Jaime and, and Chewa, that we always like to ask our uh, guests is how they got into this uh, you know, field, whatever it may be. So I'll start with you on this, Jay. When did you get the computer science bug? Were you five years old? Were you oh, 25 years old? Well, somewhere in between? Of a, of an, uh, I'm a little bit older than Jaime is, but I remember in high school <laughs> in the 70s, um, <laughs> one of my math teachers um, – brought into the classroom a TRSA, TRS-80 computer from Radio Shack. And there was a couple of us that would just spend hours after school um, typing programs for that thing. Didn't even have a disk drive to save the programs on, but just uh, that was my first introduction to it. And, (laughs) you know, getting a dot to show up on the screen in the location that you wanted, um, that was that was my introduction. So I was probably, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 at the time. Right. And, and, and I think when you go ahead and explain this to your students, they're trying to figure out what the heck you're talking so about. How, I, how, about, uh, how about you, Jaime? And, and, you know, uh, my, uh, we didn't, I mean, traditionally have a lot of opportunities for computer science. We didn't have a lot of, like, kids you know, working for Google from out there, uh, you know, traditionally. So, uh, you know, for me, it was kind of an interesting right. story because, uh, you know, I was always interested in computers. My parents got me one when I was kind of young and, you know, I'd like playing games on it and, you know, doing little hacks on it and stuff like that. Um, but what happened was, is, is like, uh, I, you know, I went through high school and I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to be a computer science major. I decided, you know, I want to make video games, right. That was my, my my attitude at the time, so I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up. I applied to colleges. I I ended up getting into the computer science program at UC Riverside, and the only problem was I had never taken a coding class in my whole life. Great. So when I got there, I was just absolutely lost, and and I was struggling <laughs> oh, through my boy. class. Well, we have to let's let's cut. I, I know where this story is going, and we, we want to pick it up when we get back. We're California School News well, Radio. That's a great story. I know you'll be leaving us for the next segment, so. Have a great week. We'll be right back with our guest, Jay Windley and Jaime Perez, uh, right after this break. Stay tuned. Thank you. Take a break from politics. Tune in and learn something. WS Radio shows are worth your time and are filled with tips and advice. Add us to your lunch routine and we'll give you a meal for your mind. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Can you imagine a world without children? A world where children don't play or dream? Or imagine. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, we're working every day to find cures for diseases that strike down children. Because we can't imagine a world without children. Can you? 
Finding cures, saving children. Thank you, Children's Research Hospital. To learn how you can help, log on to our website, stju.org. Homeless veterans and their families are suffering and need our support, but many won't ask or don't know that help is within reach. Veterans Community Services is here to help. Amazingly, about 35% of the homeless in our neighborhoods are veterans with families. Low-income veterans or their friends are encouraged to contact Veterans Community Services and reach out for help with housing and other services. Call now, 800-974-9909. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com This is California School News Radio with your host, Thank you Kevin Osmus and Drew Radio With Kevin and Drew. Uh, Drew has left us. Uh, he is no longer in the building, uh, but we continue on with our guests, uh, Jay Windley and Jaime Perez. They teach AP Computer Science Principles at uh, A.B. Miller and Summit High Schools in the Fontana Unified School District. Jaime, before we went to the break, uh, you were talking about how you got into computer science and, and you had made it all the way to college, I believe, uh, the University of uh, Riverside, UC Riverside. And and so uh, pick up where you left off, uh, because I know this is going somewhere <laughs> that, that is uh, fairly amusing considering your yeah, position so, today. So I get into, yeah, so I get into, I get into the program and I'm, I'm excited about it. And, you know, I, I take a few classes and I kind of struggle through them. I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I absolutely have no idea what's happening here. So I just kind of barely made it through the first couple of classes and then by the third class, I was like, yeah, I, I ended up selling the course. And I was like, this is not going to work out for me. I had to switch majors to, just to survive school. <laughs> it was just, it was something I wasn't prepared for, you know? And so when I started teaching, uh, what I realized is, man, there's nothing to prepare kids for, for any STEM careers in high school. It just, you know, besides math class. And if you have a teacher that's motivated and wants to incorporate STEM standards, it's just, it's just not going to happen, you know? So I realized, man, we just, we just definitely have a need for, for kids that aren't usually exposed to this to get an opportunity. And if they can get an opportunity, maybe they can get excited about it and move on. And yeah, absolutely. It, you know? And, you know, I mean, so both of you, basically what you're saying, you guys came from really two different perspectives uh, from, you know, being interested in, in computer science and, and getting the education and the training. But you have here you are now at the school district and you're doing so much good for these kids that are that are now getting this chance. This is a 
hugely impactful for college, for career. And and Jay, tell us a little bit. You you've been teaching high school for quite some time now, uh, but uh, more recently you also uh, started teaching at college. And uh, I'd be interested to in, know uh, what college that you're teaching, and maybe what the difference is between the the students that you get there in your college and the students that you have. Uh, had in high school over the years. Wow, that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I started teaching a little over 10 years ago at Cal Poly Pomona. And, you know, at first I was just kind of on a quarter to quarter basis. But then over the years, I got more and more classes. And so I'm about 90% of full time at Cal Poly Pomona now. And I almost exclusively teach statistics there. I teach an intro statistics class, which is um, basically the same content as the AP statistics that I teach in high school. And then there's a higher level stats class that I teach that's ironically designed for computer science majors, um, computer science and engineering majors. And um, so that's kind of an interesting that class is kind of an interesting blend of the two AP classes that I teach in in high school. I would say in in AP statistics, I would say my high school students are better because um, in a, AP class in high school, you tend to kind of get the cream of the crop of students, whereas the intro stats class that I teach in college is a class that a whole bunch of different majors have to take and not necessarily kids that are um, that are strong in the math area. But the, the stats class that I teach at Cal Poly that's for computer science majors, those kids are really, really sharp. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay on your toes to stay ahead of those guys. Cause they're some pretty sharp. I would sharp imagine cookie, at this point, there. sometimes when it, when it comes to these things that you have students that are possibly teaching the teachers some things, correct? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, I always For thought sure. when I was a kid, I used to collect baseball cards. So I always thought that statistics would be a great class. Um, I never found out because I don't think I got past algebra two, um, in any level. So, um, that just gives you a, a, an example of the, my history in, in these types of subjects. Um, but, uh, Jaime, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, um, uh, I mean, you also teach CSA, which is an all programming class, and uh, and and then CSP. Uh, you guys uh, can choose the languages that you are teaching, and I know that they are you're, you're teaching two different sets of languages. Uh, can you kind of explain the difference and why you're teaching one J and why and Jaime why you're teaching the other? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, yeah. You mind if I go first, Jay? So, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, actually at Summit, one of the goals that we have that we put together between our myself and my colleagues is we decided uh, because uh, research has shown that the more languages students learn, the faster they pick them up. So as they learn more computer languages, they, you know, you can pick up your next one faster and then you pick up the next one faster and there's just so many similarities in, in, in not the syntax, but the, just the languages themselves and, you know, what the necessities are uh, in order to build programs. So once kids start to learn a language and they learn the next language, you know, the next language is that much easier. So 
Uh, what we decided is we wanted all students that were exposed to our program to leave Summit learning four computer languages. So uh, in our, in our, for example, in our, uh, in our eighth grade program, uh, transitional program to summer program, uh, we teach them HTML and CSS and anything that they would need to build a website. Um, then they come in as, you know, as freshmen and if they're interested in the, in the STEM program, we possibly either put them in the, in the intro to C computer science class or in the AP uh, computer science principles class. And then they'll learn uh, whether it's JavaScript, Python, um, usually it's those two languages for those two. Um, and then the CSA course, they'll learn Java. And then if they take a pathway course, they might even learn another language because if they're in the game development class, they learn Unity where they learn C sharp. And so, uh, or, you know, if they're in mechatronics, they'll learn uh, robotics languages, uh, you know, G programming, things like that. Um, or if they're in ethical hacking, they, they learn how to, you know, use the console and things like that. So um, we just want kids to learn as many languages as possible in their four years with us. So that's kind of our approach. And we just want, we, we just want kids to learn as many as possible. Yeah, Jay, go ahead. I mean, I know that Fontana is setting up, uh, has a couple of schools that with dual language immersion in Spanish. Uh, I'm wondering, <laughs> is it possible to start this type of uh, computer language immersion uh, at, a, at a very early age? Jay, you want to tackle that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there's an answer for that, but. Well, no, I, I, I wish we had. I wish I personally had the time to develop the whole kind of the 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 feeder system that um, that they have developed up there at Summit. Um, I would say in computer science principles, we we mainly teach uh, the JavaScript language only because that's the language that is um, part of the Code.org curriculum. But usually, at some point. Um, because now this is when we're in the classroom. I haven't been able to do that this year, but when we're in the classroom, I have a classroom set of graphing calculators. So once the students have mastered writing a simple program in JavaScript, then I'll show them how they can accomplish the same type of thing on creating a program for the graphing calculator, which is a totally different language which is called BASIC, or in this case, since it's a Texas Instrument calculator, it's called TI BASIC. Um, so, but it's it's neat to see them get an exposure, like Jaime was saying, to doing the same type of programming structures, but in a different language. And as he said, they kind of pick it up pretty fast after already having learned how to do it in JavaScript. And then I would say maybe a fourth of my students from CS principals end up in uh, in CSA okay. well, you and know learning what? Java. Uh, boy, we are just about out of time. I want to thank the both of you for coming here to California School News Radio and, and spending some time with us. Uh, uh, come back and visit us again. Uh, thank you much, Jay and Jaime. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry, we're done for school news radio for this week uh tune in next week we'll have another great program for you uh for drew and way taylor and val martinez we'll see you then bye-bye do you want to be a professional coach are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground 
Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. You can reduce your risk of COVID-19 by cleaning and disinfecting frequently touched items and surfaces every day. These items include remotes, tables, counters, light switches, doorknobs, handles, toilets, and sinks. Wear disposable gloves to clean and disinfect. If you can see that the item is dirty, wash first with soap and water or another general cleaner. Then use a household disinfectant to kill germs. Follow manufacturer's instructions for application and proper ventilation to safely use the product. For phones or other electronics, follow the manufacturer's instructions for cleaning and disinfecting. If no instructions, use alcohol-based wipes or sprays containing at least 70% alcohol. Dry surface thoroughly. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit fda.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. I raised $8,000 to build schools for South African children. After realizing how many people go hungry in San Diego, I now volunteer at a food pantry. I'm spending the next year doing volunteer projects across three countries and helping in ways they designate to be the most helpful. The WorldLink program at the Joan B. Kroc Institute for Peace and Justice recognizes the potential of youth as agents of social change. Learn how you can help youth become a generation of leaders in action at peace.sandiego.edu.